Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we're here for yet another episode of the Boca Podcast, and we're here actually at the United Conference in Phoenix, and I'm sitting with a new friend of mine, really, Kiana Marie. Thank you so much, Kiana, for making time for the Boca Podcast. Thank you. Good morning. It's it's good to be here with you. I appreciate you waking up early to come do this. It's um, Well, it's 7.30 here, so it's not too bad, but we're, we're getting an early start before. In fact, actually, you may be able to hear the background noise. There's a crowd out in the, the hallway there. I think they're getting ready to do some styled shoots, yeah, a number shoots. of them. And um, so everybody's up and moving already, but I really appreciate you making time for the podcast today. And we're going to be talking about something, or at least a twist and idea that we really haven't gotten into here on the podcast. We've done about 200 episodes already, so I'm excited to dive into something new. We're going to get to that here in just a second. But something that we normally do at the podcast is we start off with uh, a technique for time or a tip for time. Mm -hmm. So much of what we talk about here at the podcast is about saving time. Uh, and ultimately, just having a life as a business owner. We want to run a business. We want to make money. But it would be nice to have a life, too, on top of that. So I'm curious, what's something specifically that you do in your life to create more space for yourself, more time for yourself, so you can still have a life while you run a business? Absolutely. So I noticed lately, I make a lot of time and a lot of margin in between my shoots and in between my days. So I am stacking my days. So once I leave the house, I'm ready to roll until I come home late that night. But what I like to do is make, even if it's just 15 to 20 minutes in the car by myself before I run into the next appointment or I'm grabbing my bag and running into the next park or field for mm -hmm. photos, I just have time to pause. And even if I am scrolling on Instagram or if I do have just some personal time, but it allows time for me to think mm. and pause. Okay. And one of the uh, biggest thing I've been implementing this year is when I'm traveling. So when I'm out of the house and on, on the road for either weddings or for conferences, I will actually tack on another day or two to my vacation. Oh, that's nice. And just relax. Yeah. Because in the last couple of years, I've been in hustle mode and everything was just back to back. Everything was in a hurry and a rush. Yeah. And I find, well, I've already paid for this plane ticket. Mm -hmm. I took typically already have a hotel what's an extra night or two yes and you have to buy food anyway whether you're at home or not right so i have found giving myself the gift of time and just pausing in between the craziness mm. yeah. has really helped my health and my mental everything yeah there's something about um you talk about that that's a few minutes that you have in the car where it's almost like a, a literal or maybe a figurative just deep breath, right? Where you, you literally just take a deep breath and you stop for a second. I've definitely been in that, that so-called hustle mode for, for what seems like a while now too. And it's just go, 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 go. And I can tell my body is on edge from it. And um, so learning to take time to, to take a deep breath, again, figuratively or literally, mm -hmm. is a, a really, really good thing. You mentioned the idea of stacking yes. your days. What did you mean by that? Yes. So I, I got this tip from Amy and Jordan where you just pack your days. And we're talking about Amy and Jordan Demos, yes, correct? correct. Okay. Yes. And you just pack your days where um, you have photo shoots on one day, you have your doctor's appointments on one day. Okay. And I... 
I, as I work from home, I try not to get dressed as often as I need to. Yeah, why not? Yeah. um, Wash my hair and get ready. It just takes a lot of effort. So, and even for myself, I live up on a hill, so it's extra gas up and down the road. It takes me about 45 minutes to get anywhere. So I use my time wisely by making sure that once I um, book engagement shoots Mm -hmm. or photo shoots or meetings with clients, all of them are stacked on only one or two days a week, giving me more time to be very specific and focused with my time at home. I like that. You know, I, in fact, this past week, I literally blocked off segments of time or segment of time or even a day as just like a focused work time or focused work day. I normally have, um, if, if I'm following a schedule, I have a pretty consistent schedule on how I break my day down. But it was nice just to actually block off a whole day, know that I wasn't going to have appointments scheduled and that I could put some time, some extra focus and energy into certain things that needed to be done before I came out here to Phoenix, which is nice. But then speaking of tacking on extra time for vacation too, tomorrow, so we're done with the conference around noon or so, at least I will be, mm-hmm. and uh, myself and my friend Chad de Blasio, his wife, Melissa, uh, they're photographers, and uh, he's Chad's actually been on the podcast before, but we're going to be running motorcycles, and we're going to be riding across the desert, basically, to, to California. My girlfriend's going to be flying in there, Amazing. and um, we're going to spend some time together riding motorcycles, hanging out, having a good conversation, and so forth. So it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It, it really, really is important to take that, that time off and to slow down, and you know, as much as we like to kind of build up this idea in our head that if we take an hour off or we take a day off or a couple of days off, things are just going to go crazy. I think it's a bit of a misnomer. We tend to make things worse than they, they maybe are. Yeah. And I think it's important to prioritize that time off. So that's, that's really, really good. And I appreciate you sharing that. Speaking of that free time though, how do you like to spend that free time? I mean, is it watching some Netflix or is it reading a book or just meditating? What, what, what is that? Well, I love naps, so I am not going to shy away from the fact that I really just love to, because by the time that I do have this free time, yeah. I'm usually just completely wiped out. At that point, my okay. body is just saying, all right, time to rest. And so um, so before that happens, if before I crash, I love to spend time in the greenhouse. So we have a sweet little succulent garden that I love playing really? with. Really? Okay. Yes, I love you know, just being in the garden. I love watering plants. It's just very th- therapeutic mm-hmm, for me. It's mm-hmm. really just calming. Yeah. But mostly just spending time with family. I love new recipes and just um, I love decorating our dining room table. Just just fun stuff that just keeps my mind busy and and also playing with photos too. I have a board in my room. Um, it's more like a dream board slash just. I mean, imagine every girl had this in high school, right? It's just a cork board with favorite photos. And like a phys- physical version of Pinterest, kind it, of. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I hang my jewelry from it and just photos and, and quotes to live by. And um, every once in a while, I take some time to do a refresh, reprint some new photos. And I love sharing about it because then, it, once again, it encourages my couples and all hmm. my clients to keep relevant and updated photos in their homes. Do you, how do you print your photos? Do you, do you go through a particular company or do you use, I, I know that I have, I really enjoy the Instax printers, the little Fuji Instax printer. So I'll just yes. Bluetooth it to the printer and you know, print something from my phone. But how do you print your photos? Yeah, I have one of those. Um, I actually am obsessed with this company called Social Print Studio and they have really fun film strips and like little five by five. They look like Instagram prints, but they're great because they come on a really cool card stock. So it's not like oh. the normal glossy yeah, 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 yeah. Costco print. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I still print from Costco sometimes, so don't judge me. <laughs> I, I won't judge. But what's the name of that company again that you mentioned? Social Print Studios. Social Print Studios. Do they have an app that you can download? Or you just upload it to a website? I or? believe they do. Okay. I'm pretty sure they do. I've never used the app. I usually just print right from my computer. 
Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to link to them in the show notes too, yeah. so our listeners can can check that out. What's something random that most people don't know about you? Well, it's funny that you mentioned motorcycles because I actually grew up photographing my brother doing really crazy tricks on his dirt bikes. And he was just like the little mini evil Knievel of our area, jumping over fire pits in our backyard. And (laughs) I mean, literally, I was so brave that I would be underneath jumps and he would and photographing jump over him me. going over you. Yeah, I oh mean, this was we were little. I mean, it wasn't sure. like he was doing anything that crazy. But okay, but that's that sounds cool though. Yeah, yeah. And so and that's what it started. He used to race flat track, um, which is the motorcycle races where it would go. Um, really quickly in a circle. Yes. And um, on dirt. Yep, on yeah. dirt. Um, sometimes it would be cement or really? whatever okay. the like the hard ground is. Okay. Um, but he did that for years, and so I would follow him around and take photos, and that's pretty much how I got into photography. Just shooting and shooting video of him, and just really fun stuff. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that here just a little bit, a, a little bit more, yeah. but switching gears again, what is a favorite book? I, I like this question. I, I'm a little obsessed with books. I have countless books on my, my Amazon Kindle app and on my Kindle um, or that I can transfer to. And I have a tendency of buying books sometimes and not reading them, but I get excited about them. You know, I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. I want to get that one. Or I want to download this one. What's a book that you've read, maybe even lately, that's a favorite of yours that's made an impact in your life? Yes. Well, that is the story of my life. Okay. I Every time I see a book recommendation on Insta Stories or on Instagram or something, I'm always just Amazon priming it. Yeah. And then I read the first one or two chapters, and then I'm on to the next to thing. To the next one? It's just a fact. <laughs> I have a collection yeah. of books where I literally am only maybe 40 pages deep, mm, mm-hmm. and then I go on to something new. You know, the thing about that that's interesting is I would say that most business books and even self-help books, because those are the two genres that I tend to, to gravitate toward, 20 of the 200 pages are like actual helpful information and the rest is just kind of to fill it in. It's just fluff. And there's, there's a, um, there are a couple of companies over the years that I've seen, actually more than two probably at this point. Um, I just downloaded this app the other day called Blinkist. B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. And we'll link to it in the show notes for our listeners and for yourself even if you want to check it out. But uh, And by the way, show notes. For those of you listening in, Boca Podcast, it's B-O-K-E-H podcast.com. Make sure you check out the show notes. And uh, we'll link to the, the resources that uh, we mentioned today. And, and you can check out the show notes from other episodes as well. But Blinkist is a, is a company that basically puts book summaries together. So instead of having to read two to 300 pages and really only get 20 or 30 pages worth of material from it, you can use these, uh, the summary app here to be able to, to read a summary of the book, take away the most important elements of it, and then you don't have to worry about the other couple hundred pages. So this might be a really great idea for you. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Cliff Notes that I used to like live by It's in kind college. of like that, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think they have not only uh, the, the actual readable version, but an audio element to go along with it. So yeah, it seems like amazing. best of both worlds. I downloaded it just recently, and, and I, I need to give it a test, give it a try, but highly recommend that. So I'm, I'm curious then, the book, is there a particular book? Well, I would say most recently, it's been Magnolia Table by Joanna Gaines. Okay. And the reason why I love it is not only because the photos are gorgeous, of course, yeah. um, the beautiful recipes, but she actually starts her book out with just helpful tints and just ways to actually start your kitchen. I feel like when you, you know, first get your first home or even when you are living with your parents, like you just kind of have a hodgepodge of things and you may have a favorite spatula or you may have a favorite, you know, frying egg pan that you use. But, but to learn a little bit more about 
the basics and why you need certain pots and pans and what should be in your home for everyday cooking um, and holiday cooking and stuff like that. Sure. Um, it's been interesting to just kind of learn more about her. Really? And, okay. And her tips. There's a particular, it's funny you mentioned particular pans that you use for like frying eggs, for example. So I, I love omelets. I cook omelets basically on a daily basis. And um, there's a particular pan that I use for that. And it's a ceramic has a ceramic finish to it so that kind of non-stick ceramic finish and I'll, I'll cook it with a little bit of coconut oil and then some a couple of eggs almond or coconut milk or a combination of the above and a little bit of feta cheese and some pesto but I have this one pan that I use specifically for that and my kids know like you're basically not supposed to cook anything else in that pan because I don't want to lose that non-stick surface you know so that's funny that you mentioned that those particular pans do you have is there a particular dish that you like to cook at home I am just obsessed with potatoes and eggs that is my favorite meal potatoes and eggs okay so like what how do you prep the eggs how do you prep the the, the potatoes yeah so um, well if I'm feeling really lazy and I don't have enough time I'll just throw in uh, like the hash browns they look like the McDonald's hash browns okay <laughs> they're okay. frozen I get them from Trader Joe's and yeah. they're delicious they're great because I can throw them in the oven. They'll be nice and crispy. It only takes 15, 20 minutes. And then, um, but I mean, if I'm cook, if I have time, I'll chop up the potatoes and peel them, chop them, fry them. And then I love uh, just over easy, over medium fried eggs. It's my favorite. Really? Okay. So pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Do you put like salt and pepper on your eggs? Are you a ketchup girl? Um, no, yes, I love ketchup, but not with my breakfast. Not with like, the breakfast. I think, okay. it's, I think it's really weird. And I also don't like hot it sauce. It is a little bit weird to me. Yeah. I know that's a thing for a lot of people, but I'm like, yeah, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Once you put it on, I'm like, oh, it's like my heart melts. Oh, like, <laughs> but it's okay. Oh, it's too funny. Well, let's, let's talk about photography. You mentioned just briefly that you kind of got started in photography, photographing your brother, but tell us a little bit more about that story and then how long you've been in business at this point as well. Yes, absolutely. So, well, when I started with shooting with my brother, I mean, I was little, this was still elementary school status. Once I got into high school, I've always had an interest in photography, but I never really thought like it was never a thought bubble to even make it a career. Everyone, well, I'll say my family was really supportive. They always have. Uh, but teachers and even some of my friends' parents would kind of almost discourage me and say, well, if you want to be a starving artist, you can do this for the rest of your life. Or if you like, you maybe want to think about becoming a teacher or get into the middle school school or something different kind of gear me away from photography. Okay. And, um, so it's not that I took their advice. I just kind of thought, wow, like, I guess this is a really tough industry and Mm -hmm. it is really scary thinking that I don't know where my next paycheck is coming and I have to really hustle and know that this is the entrepreneur life. And so I started my career in college for uh, teaching. So I I wanted to be a third grade teacher. I taught preschool for years and um, I also had a hodgepodge working for Trader Joe's for six years and I worked for the city of San Jose where I was teaching summer school like summer camp stuff and being a rec leader with after school programs. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about community and just people and human dynamics back then. Interesting, (laughs) yeah. You know, it's interesting how we can take what we learn from all those kind of previous lives or or careers, uh, jobs. I've worked a variety of them. Most people don't know I was an optician, a certified optician. I worked for lens crafters for years and then a private practice as well. But it's interesting what you can learn from those experiences, particularly when it comes to interacting with other human beings. Yes, absolutely. And making those connections yeah. and 
Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so that's where I kind of had a turning point. I was in class one day um, as an elective. I just picked up photography as an elective. It was just an extra. And I just thought, I'm going to try this. Like this is, this is what I need to do. I want really? to just pursue this. And so I went home and I told my mom and she said, well, babe, as long as you can pay your bills, as long as you're happy, go do it, like, yeah. go try. And that's so cool. that's what happened. And did you finish your degree in education? Um, no. Okay. So I only, I'm only a couple like units or I'm almost shy of my actual teaching credential, but yeah. I did finish my degree in photography. So did I you? have okay. a BA in, which is kind of ironic because I have a degree in studio practice photography and mm. I very rarely am ever in a studio. I'm always right. outdoors. I do pull my lights out for receptions. I'll, I'll pull out my alien bees and we can chat about that too, but I don't ever shoot in studio. It's all natural light for the most part. And so that's interesting. Having that kind of training that you choose to, to shoot natural light is there, you just more drawn to that? It's simpler. What, what's the reason behind that? You know, while I was in college, I, I was kind of persuaded to continue into studio because it was the lighting. That was what we did. But I stylistically just fall in love with the natural light. Like mm. it is, it's natural to me. It's, yeah. it's pure. It's natural. It's the way God created earth. Like, I just think it's really cool to capture what we see yeah, yeah. and, um, try not to manipulate it too much. I mean, sure. you can, you can add fill and you can add what you need for receptions and stuff, but. And that's, that's the thing. I think, you know, there's a, what you see criticism of quote, natural light photographers. And it's not that natural light photography is a bad thing, but I think utilizing technique, well, first of all, just basic awareness of light is important, but using something simple like a reflector or some object maybe in the back that is reflecting light back onto the subject, Mm -hmm. utilizing rim light or backlight and knowing what times of day to, to shoot and so forth. I mean, these are basic concepts, but using them intelligently, you can get beautiful, beautiful natural light images. And I really don't think it, it speaks to a lack of technical skill. Uh, yes. But to be fair, of course, you see the other side of it too. You see what look like literal snapshots. And um, so I think it's, it's healthy to understand the technique behind it. You obviously have that from your, your training in school. But the fact that you've chosen now to kind of go the natural light direction is pretty interesting. And speaking of, I'd love to kind of send our, our listeners to, to your Instagram and your website so they can see your work. So it's Kiana, Q-U-I-A-N-N-A-M-A-R-I-E. Yes. KianaMarie.com. And then uh, Kiana Marie Photography on Instagram. So for those of you listening in, make sure you check out Kiana's work there. So you, you made this decision to not only change what you were studying in school, but then how long did it take after you finished that degree or did you start your business while you were in school? What, what did that whole process look like? Yes. So I made a decision in college. I wanted to actually start my business before I graduated. I wanted it to be up in motion. Wow. I wanted it to be That's rolling. Cool. Yes. And so I, so I have a cousin who's more like an aunt status. So it's my mom's cousin's wife <laughs> okay. and she um, had gotten into photography and she had kind of like a, like a side hustle. It wasn't her full-time job, but she did shoot headshots and weddings on the side periodically. So one day she asked me to be her sidekick and just assist her and bring my camera along to get some different angles. And I was really, really nervous because I think I thought that she expected so much more of me of the day, but really she just needed an extra hand and just some, you know, some extra shots I could grab. Yeah. yeah. And I absolutely fell in love with really? it. Really? Okay. I thought, oh my gosh, this could be my life. <laughs> and you were pretty excited about that. Yeah. What did you love most about it? 
I just loved, gosh, it's so hard to put it into words. I just, I just felt like a, like there was a piece of me that kind of got awakened that I Mm. have never experienced before where I was just, I thought this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to not only be helping my cousin Kim, but helping this family document their day. It Mm. was just, it was just such a trip and I've never, I've never experienced that before. Yeah. It's, you know, it's easy after, and I shot weddings for 10 years and as many as 30 or 40 in a year, it's easy to kind of get lost in week in, week out shooting weddings and, and you're just doing a job. But when you really stop and think about the significance of what you're doing, I still think it's such a beautiful thing that, that a family or families would invite us in mm-hmm. to one of the most intimate moments of their lives to enable us or to allow us to photograph them, to capture that and hopefully do so beautifully. And in the process, maybe even, I don't know, there's something to be said, I think, for the relationship that we develop with a client and then ultimately their families, even on their wedding day that is a really, really cool opportunity that they walk away feeling like we actually cared about them um, and that their day was that much better because we were involved. Not that it's about us, but that we can, that we can somehow add that element of value to their day. I think it's a wonderful opportunity. It's really, really beautiful. So you're mentioning wedding photography. Is that your specialty at this point? Is that, is that what your business revolves around? Yes. So right now I am pouring my heart and soul into my couples. So I primarily shoot weddings and engagements and anniversaries, but I also, um, I'm also holding on to the lifestyle title. I love shooting portraits and families. I have quite a few groupies that have been with me for years since day one. And so I just love capturing the, their babies growing and, um, just their families year after year. And, it's just, it's just so awesome. So you're shooting a combination then of mm-hmm. weddings and family portrait work. Do you have a, a brand, like a really specific brand position, something that defines your business, what it's about, what it stands for? Yeah. So it's, it stands for the legacy of your family. So mm. when I first started my business, I wanted to be literally your photographer. So I wanted to start with engagements followed by weddings mm. and then comes baby announcements. And I mean, now it's been really trending to do gender reveals and I would capture those and everything from baby bump to baptisms and first birthday cake smash. I did it all. And, um, as I have been growing with my business, I've been kind of scaling back a bit and focusing more on weddings and the families that I do have that are my, my clients. Sure. But I would say as far as position, I also have this, this calling or this like earning to help and encourage other photographers and other just small business owners and mostly dreamers to just follow their dreams and to, to really understand that they really have a calling. Like each of us do, like each Mm. of you who are listening, like has this calling and this, this piece that you are put on this earth for a reason. And once you find that out, I mean, okay. Imagine if every single human woke up every day and was excited to go to work. Now, granted, Yes. Would we rather spend our time drinking Coronas on the beach? Like, sure. Like, yes, absolutely. We, we have all those hopes and dreams, but if every single human would wake up and just love, love their life so much and what they are contributing to our local communities yeah, and to their true. families, we would be in a completely different world. I like that. So I'm really just trying like to, just trying to share that. Hey guys, like get out there, meet new people. So that was a long answer to my position, but basically I just, I really love helping others achieve that dream and Hmm. push towards that within kind of 
the umbrella of my wedding photography and, and my journey with makes sense. my own business. But I like to that, you know, I mean, it, it's a, it's a kind of a trendy thing right now to quote, get into education. Photographers are doing this a lot. They're offering courses online and doing workshops and so forth. And you kind of wonder at times, I think like where, where does that, are they doing that just for the, to make a quick buck or, or maybe not necessarily a quick buck, but to make extra money? Is it coming from a genuine place? Is it actually coming from a place of experience? And I like that you're speaking to an idea that you actually lived. You, you saw photography and how incredible it was that the impact that it made on your life, how beautiful it was. And you said, you know what? I'm doing that. And you did it and you've made it happen. You have a business now. And to be able to share that, the excitement about that experience with others and encourage them in that. I think it's a wonderful thing. You're actually speaking from experience. So the, and I, I hesitate to use the word cause it's so cliche, but the passion is real. Like I can, I can feel that energy from you as we're sitting here yeah. talking about it, which is really exciting. It's one thing to run a business. It's another thing to run a business from a really genuine place that's driven by a personal mission which comes from experience because the people are going to feel that and it makes all the difference in the world. So props to you Thanks. for, for <laughs> going after something that actually comes from a real place. I think that's really, really wonderful. I love the energy that you exude in that. I think it's beautiful. How do you communicate when you're talking about this idea of legacy? I mean, it's a common concept that you hear, you'll hear photographers talk about. How do you effectively communicate that to a potential client? Is it, is it on your website? Are you talking about it in Facebook ads? What does that look like? Well, I spend most of my time on Instagram, which is kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but why is it embarrassing? Just not that it's embarrassing, but just the amount of hours I actually spend on Instagram uh, okay. is kind of sad, but it actually does bring me clients and it does bring it. So it's worth it. So Instagram isn't actually writing me, a, cutting me a check, sure. um, but the connections I'm making through Instagram and through my website, whether I am sharing testimonials and reviews and lately I've been getting into video. So I've okay. been making quick little videos about just, just using your phone or, or yeah, with, okay. just using my phone. I don't have anything super techie. I have worked on a couple projects in the past with videographers um, in my area that I just adore, but for the most part, I'm just trying to basically bottle up each experience that I have with my couples and with wedding parties and with special events and getting that online, right? So it's it's almost like I want to share those interactions or those points of contact and mm -hmm. those responses. If I could have a, this is going to sound super narcissistic, so I apologize, but if I could have a GoPro on my head at yeah. the end of evenings yep. when I'm saying goodbye to my couples, mm -hmm. And they're just, oh my gosh, they're so happy. They they are sharing their excitement. They're, I mean, I'm getting hugs and bear hugs and kisses from parents of the wedding party and stuff. I was just like, I wish I could record that. So I feel there's there's that kind of like that blurred line between taking your interactions and your experiences and in real life and putting them online without being too braggy or being too pushy or yeah. being too salesy. But I feel like if you're just simply sharing stories, if you're saying, Hey guys, guess what happened? Or, Hey, this, this one bride mentioned this in her story. She shared a picture of her collage wall down her hallway. And this is the legacy that she's creating for her and her family. And she just took a picture of it and posted on Instagram. And that makes it so much more real and so much more relatable for couples and clients and future clients to see. Yeah. Well, you're, you're telling stories 
that come from, again, we talked about this idea of being genuine. If it's one thing for you to talk about, it's another thing for your clients to demonstrate it or to talk about it themselves. I think the GoPro idea is brilliant. I don't think that's narcissistic at all. <laughs> I think it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, think the, I think the experience that I've had going to give the couples a hug at the end of the night, hugging their, their family members, you know, parents or otherwise, and like you were talking about how excited they'll be at that point in time, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit drunk as well. So yeah, that could make it interesting. Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, that's a really interesting idea. Like I, I'm picturing this, you know, this great 45 to 50 second Facebook ad that you're running. It's just a collage or a series of these, these videos back to back to back to back to back. And it just says Keanu Marie photography at the end. I mean, that's a brilliant idea, actually. I wonder if you could do that. Like somehow, I don't know if it would be a GoPro, like, like the GoPro cameras, they're not that big. Even the, the little hero cameras, little square ones, are so so easy. You could just mount it and then just get their permission afterwards to use the, the footage after you show it to them. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Absolutely. Just give them a heads up before. They'll probably forget about it. And then just you know provide the proof and be like, hey, check this out. I'm yeah. thinking of posting this. What do you think? How would you, how would you like, use one of those chest straps or something like that and just mount it or I mount it okay, to your... Okay, so here's a thought process on that. I think, yeah. I think it would almost need to be a second person. Like maybe hand the GoPro to my second shooter while we're saying our goodbyes and so she can get kind of a side. No, I like the first person the experience. First person. I then, think that's brilliant. But do you think it would get blocked with like giving hugs and being too close? But that's okay though. It would be raw. Okay. And I think that would be really great because you're going you're gonna to hear this Oh, Kiana, you know, yeah. the, the, the excitement and the smiles and the laughs. And then you can tell that they're It'll giving you a hug. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A bear hug. But it's all that there's, there's something that's wonderful about that raw interaction or that okay. raw footage that I think is awesome. What we've run, um, and, and some of you listening and may have heard this or seen this, but we ran an ad uh, for a bit that was a combination of bloopers from me trying to create Facebook ads. And I mean, it's me doing all these, this crazy stuff and laughing at the camera. And in fact, we actually have another one that we're going to put out here again soon. Again, that, that Haley, who kind of oversees our digital marketing at Photographer's Edit, has grabbed these clips from um, these kind of blooper clips from different footage that we've captured for the sake of creating, you know, quote, official Facebook ads. And, and I think these, because it's so raw and it's so real and ultimately so fun that people that resonates with people. And, and so I think creating something like that, that first person experience of the GoPro, that's a really brilliant idea. I think it'll be fun to try. We'll see how, like, see if this maybe kicks off a trend. Now that you've shared on the podcast and this is going to go out, people are going to be like, oh, that's such a great idea. I want idea. to see you guys, so make sure you tag me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yes. Yeah, come up with a creative hashtag or something. Okay. We need to share that. That's, that's a pretty brilliant idea. So toughest lesson that you've learned as a business. And how long have you been in business now? Well, I've been, okay, so as an entrepreneur, we all have different dates, right? Like, sure, this is when yeah. I went full-time. This yeah. is when I quit my job. Yeah. So for me, I have been in business for over 10 years, but I've only, this will, I'm celebrating my third year of going full-time. Good for August. you. Yeah. That's really, really awesome. So relatively long time that you've been shooting professionally, what's the toughest lesson that you've learned so far? The toughest lesson, I would say, is just that you can't please everyone, mm. and you you can't like, even though, kind of like that quote, the Georgia peach quote, like you can be the juiciest, ripest peach, but not everybody likes peaches. Mm, and, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed that a lot lately, just friends booking other photographers that you feel kind of bittersweet about thinking, Ooh, I really would have loved to be a part of your wedding, but you just, you just can't please everybody. And that was definitely a hard lesson. And you kind of have to grow a really thick skin knowing that each and every single one of your clients are a gift to you. And you should just be so, so grateful and just cherish the ones that you have yeah. instead of being really bummed out about the ones that you missed. 
Yeah, there's so much opportunity to connect with niche groups of people. It, it's it feels risky because you're like, well, I'm 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 kind of pushing this other segment of the potential market away, and I'm really narrowing my focus down here by either putting myself out there in this particular way or saying that I only shoot such and such portrait sessions or weddings or otherwise. But the experience could be pretty incredible in that because now you're getting to do something very specific that you really enjoy. You're connecting with clients who are just so stoked that somebody actually specializes in what they what they love. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with somebody, I think it may have been yesterday, about, and they mentioned the significance of because of social media and the role that it plays in enabling us to, to get into these very niche markets because we have easy access to the world at large now. It's not just that we're you know running a Yellow Pages ad mm-hmm. to a, a small local market. So the idea that we would offer a really niche service or genre of photography, there's still wonderful opportunity to actually create a business from that because we have access to so many more people. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective and thought process. I wish I could remember who it was that, that brought that up. But I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting thing to keep in mind. It's not a bad thing to be yourself and in the process of that to kind of nix a segment of that potential market for the sake of focusing on those that will actually resonate with what you really love and what your brand represents. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really, really good. It's a good reminder. And it's interesting the number of people that have mentioned that, but I think it's a good encouragement for all of us to remember that, you know what, we can be ourselves. We don't have to try to please everyone. It's really okay. Um, I appreciate you bringing that up. Mm -hmm. What's in your gear bag? Tell us something that is like just a favorite, favorite piece of camera equipment or accessory or something like that. Um, Well, I could work a whole entire wedding with my 50 millimeter and um i shoot nikon i'm a nikon girl i started um shooting yearbook in high school with a nikon so i just have never steered away and once you you know once you start collecting glass your lenses uh you've already made the investment so to switch is just too crazy i would agree but you know and and of course this is always a funny conversation but i have to argue that the nikon that the setup of the nikon controls and their menu system, it, it just seemed to be a lot more user-friendly than the Canon system. I actually own a Canon SLR, DSLR. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't have any Nikon cameras anymore, but I shot for 10 years or so when I was shooting weddings, I shot Nikon. And the layout of the buttons, the controls, the menu system, it all seemed to make a lot more sense. It seemed to flow a lot. It was easier to access mm-hmm. what I needed to for the sake of shooting. And so I'm a huge fan of Nikon. 50 millimeter, 100%, one of my favorite lenses. I'm curious though, are you going to go to the, the mirrorless camera that just came out? To be completely honest, I I haven't even like checked it out. I am the most non-techie photographer you? Okay. you will ever meet. And okay. it's funny because the Uncle Bob's at weddings will try to gear chat One up me. You? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, every <laughs> single wedding. And I just yeah. look at them and I just smile. And now within my years of wedding photography and obviously paying more attention to my gear, um, I can banter back and forth with them. In the beginning, I was so scared. I would just run away from them because I was nervous they would say something and I wouldn't have an answer to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested in checking out that mirrorless because I shoot a lot of Catholic weddings and I've had a lot of church ladies ask me to please turn my button off or turn the sound off. And yeah. I just laugh or in my head, I laugh at her and I say, uh, well, lady, this is the mirror. Like I can't, this is me taking photos. I can't silence this, but. And even those so-called quiet modes that some of the cameras have had aren't particularly quiet, are they? They still shutter loud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's on any normal crazy wedding day. You're not going to hear that, but in really quiet environments, it is pretty loud. 
Yeah, I haven't had the opportunity to play with it yet, but I'm really curious. I mean, the, the Sony system has such rave reviews. Of course, Canon's put one out now, too. It'll be interesting to see how this, this game continues, but I appreciate you sharing that. So let, let's kind of go the, the direction of our topic for the day, which is an interesting one. We talk about how to get business from client referrals. We talk about how to get business from relationships, particularly with wedding vendors. I'm a huge fan of that idea because I was a wedding photographer. A relationship that we had with a wedding coordinator generated quite a bit of business. Uh, and so we've talked about those means of getting business, of course, Facebook ads and so forth. But you suggested an idea, which is an interesting one to me, and that is focusing specifically on the bridesmaids and more, I guess, more specifically converting bridesmaids to brides. I, I liked this thought process. So I'm curious what your experience has been with this effort, this focus on converting the wedding party to clients. Mm-hmm. Has that been a, a have you seen a lot of business from that? Uh, is this something that you've kind of put more effort into recently or something you've done kind of your whole career? What does that look like? Well, I would say, I, yes, to, to answer, it's been a thought process since the beginning. It's always been to love and serve my clients and obviously try to get that reoccurring business. But I would say in the last two, two to three years, I've actually tried to hone in on this bridesmaids to brides topic or this this notion. And yeah, I mean, it all just starts with just loving and taking care of these people that are already in like a part of your network, a part of your circle. Um, each bride brings in just so many amazing people. And once you start attracting your ideal client, your brides, you're going to notice that they're going to have friends that are just like them. So to give you an example, so one of my friends, I booked his um, little sister's wedding. So I booked Jessica's wedding and through her, I booked three more brides Wow! and all of which they had kind of sprinkled out because some were really close and some were not. Um, they were kind of sprinkled out. So a lot of my brides were actually bridesmaids in other weddings. And uh, the opportunity came where one of um, Jessica's bridesmaids had flown me out to Mexico. I had shot another, a, c- a couple others that were local in the Bay Area, San Jose, where I live. And it was just amazing because on wedding days, my bride, so past bride, so at Kinsey's wedding, another bridesmaid, Jessica, the, my original bride, I would call her like my queen B bride, right? So my bride A that really pushed all these referrals, she was helping me pour champagne and asking me like, oh, hey, Key, how can I help you hang up the dress? And oh, Kinsey, you're going to want this shot. And it was nothing was too pushy. Everything was so helpful. Like she had wow. already experienced this mm-hmm. as a bride for herself yeah. and she wanted to help her best friend recreate those same experiences and helping me as her photographer get those shots and be almost two steps. Like I try to be three to five steps ahead of everybody, but Jessica was just out of the park, killing it a couple steps ahead of me. Yeah. And that when I had kind of attracted, I would say, or kind of got to work with these amazing brides and her best friends, it just really clicked. And I thought, Oh, well, like, there's something here. Like there's something to be said about locking in with an amazing group of friends Mm -hmm. and, um, just loving and serving them and getting to be a part of all of their wedding days and all of their wedding experiences. So, I mean, obviously this idea of referrals from friends is not a new idea. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but I, I really like a focus and in this case, a focus on the bridesmaids what percentage of your business would you say at this point, a wedding business, comes from those referrals or from more specifically the bridesmaids that have been in the weddings that you photograph, would you say? 
Well, I say it's growing rapidly, okay. but I don't know. I'm really bad at numbers. <laughs> so I <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I really need to sit down and actually write this all out. But I would say a good 30%. Really? There's a lot. Okay. It keeps growing. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's make this really practical, really tangible. You've seen really positive results, but for our listeners who are like, okay, this is a cool idea. I like this. Um, you know, referrals are great, but obviously it makes sense that I provide a really cool experience for the bride the day of the bridesmaids get to see this, or maybe even the groomsmen get to see this, what it's like to be photographed by, in this case, Keanu Marie. And so how do you, are there certain things that you're doing on the wedding day or that our listeners can do specifically on the wedding day, the way that they're engaging with the wedding party to more effectively convert them to clients? Yes, absolutely. So I have three tips. So one is social media. So this actually begins before their wedding. So once a client books with me, once a couple books, I am setting out the questionnaire right away, of course. And then um, in the questionnaire, I'm also asking for their Instagram handles and if they have any specific hashtags oh, that they like are it. that they are going to be using throughout yeah. you know their wedding experience. And so once I, if I'm not already, typically a lot of my brides are friends and referrals that I've already had. But okay. if it's a brand new bride, I start out with her um, Instagram, and when she posts photos of her picking out her wedding dress, everyone posts that I said yes to the dress shot. I am not just commenting and saying oh can't wait to see your day or, you know, can't wait to see the big reveal. I am actually making a point to comment on the girls that are surrounding her, whether it's her mom and her aunt and her sister, or it's a group of six of her best friends. I'm making a comment and saying something along the lines like, congratulations, Julie. So excited for your day. How lucky are you to be surrounded by so many amazing women that helped you make this choice today? Hmm. Now, it, and then you're tagging them with their Instagram handles. Or? I'm well, I yes, and then I'll be tagging just the bride. So I'm not. Okay. I'm not going crazy and stalking <laughs> all of her bridesmaids. Yet. Like who okay. is this person? Yes. Yeah. But I'm making comments so these brides are seeing them. And guys, like this is common sense. This isn't like sure. I'm trying to pull a fast one on you here. I'm just trying to be kind and trying mm. to be super, just genuine and excited about her day. Mm-hmm. That also includes her friends and her bridesmaids that are around her. And that includes bachelorette party weekends and bridal showers, anything that has to do with her wedding. Even if she's DIYing her favors, I'm commenting on that and letting them know like, wow, like you're so, how lucky are you to have bride squad goals or something, right? Like I'm just making comments and, so yeah, so social media actually starts before the wedding. So um, the bride, obviously, the bride's seeing your comments, but then your your thought process is that the bridesmaids see that see that engagement as well. Yes. Okay. So the bridesmaids are watching. Okay. Right. You all know that bridesmaids and maid of honors and the whole wedding tribe. Everybody sees everything. All of the girlfriends are watching. They are eyeballs on everything about what to do, what not to do for weddings, and yeah, everybody's watching. That's smart. Okay. All right. So you're. Taking advantage of hashtags. Yes. You're tagging the bride. At what point will you ever tag the bridesmaids in that? Or is it more just focused conversation or commenting on on the bride's posts? So I don't tag the bridesmaids until I've either... So until I've actually met them. So for example, if Uh, I have a couple that I'm shooting their engagement and mm -hmm. one of their bridesmaids or one of her best friends comes to help with their dog that day, right? Or she comes to help fluff or carry stuff when we're walking around the beach or the park, I will befriend her and, um, and only tag her when, or post things about her, like pictures when it pertains to the wedding. Exactly. Sure. Sure. But then I'm not tagging any of the bridesmaids until the actual wedding day. 
Okay. That mm-hmm. makes sense. All right. So social media, that's the first step. And you were saying it starts before the wedding day. We comment just briefly on what happens after the wedding day and how that ties into all of this. Absolutely. So after then I am sharing their sneak peeks, whether that's on um, Instagram stories throughout their little highlight reel of the day, their blog post, or also just an Instagram post. And um, I'm tagging them as well. So the hype is still going. And I try to make it as easy as possible for bridesmaids to share. And how fast are you posting those sneak peeks? Are you doing like day of next day? Like how fast are you putting those up? Sneak peeks are delivered. So I tell my couples within 48 hours, but they're actually getting them that night. So when they wake up the next day, they have sneak peeks. If not, they're still partying and drunk and texting me <laughs> and telling me, I can't believe that you're, you sent these photos. Right. I'm crying. And yeah, yeah, they're yeah. ugly crying at the, you know, the midnight of their wedding day. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I haven't, I haven't tapped into same day slideshows or anything like that, but I just, I get them out the next day. Okay. That's great. I, the speed really does make or can make a really big difference to it, at least assuming they're coherent enough to see the pictures <laughs> the next yes. morning, but that's really good. Okay. So starting with social media, this is good. That's the first kind of tip. What take us to the next one? Yeah. So the next tip actually has nothing to do with photography. So it is to blanket acts of service. So I am sharing mints with my brides. I have a bag of, you know, like my little tin can of, of mints to share. Um, I am fetching water, filling champagne glasses. I, even on wedding days, I'm going to the extent of just helping everyone around me. So if that means I am putting on boutonnieres because the coordinator is, is flustered and figuring out the seating chart or even just making sure that I make a point to make sure that the DJ has water and has a little plate of appetizers to snack on all of these acts of service that I've learned from my parents and my family for years. Like you're a host, like taking care of the people around you Mm. and doing the best of your ability to make people's life just a little bit easier. This isn't rocket science. Like I'm just, and it doesn't even take that much effort to people are like, Oh, I'm the photographer. I need to focus on my photography, but you're not really having to put that much effort into doing something simple. Like, like those things that you mentioned, it takes two seconds to hold the door open for somebody coming in to help an elderly grandmother get herself, get herself from the rock, like the walker up to the first row of Mm -hmm. the ceremony. Mm -hmm. Those are acts of service and pieces of the day that people watch and people see. And, and it has nothing. I'm writing, I'm literally writing it down right here because I like that you make the point. It has nothing to do with photography. Yes. And I, I always find that fascinating, the, the idea that somebody, like you're going to have clients, either a client or maybe parents of the bride or the groom, friends or family or otherwise, come up to you at the end of the day and say, oh my goodness, you're an amazing, amazing photographer. And they've not seen one image. Oh my gosh. Right? That's my favorite. They but haven't that's even the goal. seen anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's creating that experience where they feel like you're amazing. And it really, in all reality, has little to do with the photography at the end of the day. It's, it's, and that's interesting to me as well, because we put so much emphasis on all these little tiny details as photographers, which really only matter to us and maybe our photographer friends who are scrolling Instagram, <laughs> yes. you know, the, the client ultimately wants a really positive experience. They want good imagery. There's no question. It's still on us to provide that. Mm-hmm. But so much of that experience that we provide has nothing to do with the photography and focusing on serving mm-hmm. that client. It's so important. I, I've, I've seen this kind of tendency toward entitlement from photographers online and it, and it really bothers me. First of all, we're hired to do a job, which is to be a photographer, but then to make a little bit of an extra effort 
to serve, to truly serve as, as best we can in all possible ways while we're there that day, as long as it doesn't distract from our job as a photographer, I think is a, a beautiful, beautiful recommendation. That's great. All right. So it starts with social media, even before the wedding. And I like that mm-hmm. preemptive, proactive acts of service that have nothing to do with photography. I love that. That's probably going to be my favorite point yeah. from today. <laughs> and take us to the third one. Yes. And the third one I like to call prom photos. Okay. So during the getting ready time, I'm chatting with the girls, right? We're talking about the day and oftentimes it comes up whether they, who's, who's next, right? Like who's next, who's recently engaged, yeah. who is the one girl that's, well, I'm just the serial bridesmaid. Like I'm never getting married. Right. So we joke about stuff in the morning and then I let them know. I say, well, I'm going to tell you now, girls, please don't forget during cocktail hour or during the reception after all of the bridal photos and wedding stuff is done, please find me. And I want to take a prom photo with you and your date tonight. And they just beam and they're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Because all we have are selfies in the car or (laughs) at a Giants game. (laughs) And they don't have nice photos. Everyone is dressed up so well and everyone's looking sharp. Their boyfriends, their fiancés, their partners are just looking so good. And they often just have quick little iPhone pictures, which are great. Sure. The new portrait mode does was wonders. It looks pretty good. But it's also just not professional right it's sure. just not like you your big camera and so um i always make a point to let them know let's do that and also too another big heavy hitter is young families so mm. as we're getting older um we have sisters and cousins that may be on their second or third child by now and when is the last time that they have had a nice family photo of all of them together on a wedding day that's true and it takes us all of 15 seconds to, oh to gosh, grab that nothing. if we have decent lighting set up yeah it's yes. it's not a not a, an effort really at all how do you how do you make sure that those family members? I mean, it's one thing the bridesmaids that are really close to the brides; they're naturally going to be looking at the the, the gallery after the fact. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that the family members are able to have easy access to those images? Yes. Okay. So I'm actually working on this kind of beta project right now. So okay. it's up in the works. I've only done a couple weddings, but I have this company. It's called Easy Texting, and so basically, it's a text service where um, I put up a sign. It's I, I use a letter board, and um, it just says um, for wedding photos, text this right, and I have like my little my little business card in the corner. Yeah. And so they'll text my number, um, which is like a four digit, four or six digit number. And once they receive that, once they send that text, their first auto response text message is a message from the couple. So I totally type it up, but it looks like it's from the couple and it thanks them for celebrating their day and such an honor for them attending. Mm -hmm. And it just says basically click here, right? So they're submitting into my convert kit email list. So they're clicking to confirm that. And with that, um, they're getting a quick l- a link to their engagement photos. So they see that right away. So they see the blog post. They don't see the actual gallery to the engagement, but okay. they see the blog post. Uh. And then this is where it gets good. Okay. So then I send out one or two sneak peeks right to everyone that subscribed. And my brides know this, by the way. They know that this okay. is happening. Cool. So it's not like this is brand new information. That's, and I think that's important to note too. Yes. That's great. And it doesn't go up on my Insta stories. It doesn't go up on Instagram. It only is accessible to wedding guests that, okay. that evening, wedding okay. guests and vendors and anyone who sees it that night. And then from there, um, I send out their sneak their sneak peeks and then they also get their blog post. So with the with the sneak peeks, it kind of funnels into the blog post and which they get that same week of their wedding. And then following their wedding, about two weeks later, I send the gallery. Once I deliver the gallery to my couples, they have the opportunity to go through and I, I need to make a video to, to teach them to actually to do this properly. 
kind of streamline it. But from there, they get to make images private or complete galleries. Because I've had brides that maybe want to share their getting ready photos. Those are a little bit more intimate. Um, they want to, they want to keep those off for everyone to see or just uh, specific images for them to, to keep private. And then from there, then it blasts to all of the wedding guests. And to be honest, it only gets sent to maybe 14 people on the wedding day. Um, it's not like these big numbers. If sure. there's a big 200 guest count, maybe only a small percentage are actually getting access to these. Okay. But I have noticed that by sending them sending these galleries to their families, uh, my gallery sales have gone up. And it's just a couple hundred dollars here and there, but that's money that I make in my sleep. Interesting. Okay. So now this is a, this is a, you're very, very excited. First of all, which is great. I I love that energy. (laughs) Is this a process that you're going to be kind of outlining and something that maybe like a program of some kind that you're going to put together for photographers so that they can learn how to do this? I mean, I guess I could, it's just, I told you, it's just, I'm just sharing all my thoughts. I think out loud a lot. So, um, I say a lot of things just cause it's, it's on my head and on my mind, but it's just a thought bubble for now. But easy, easy texting, you said, is a company, and we'll link yes. to them in the show notes for our listeners. I, this reminds me of a process that, that Pictage is a company that is no longer in existence, but I, that we used as photographers back in the day. They would actually provide, one of the services they provided was basically business cards with information as to how to access the gallery. And you could, mm-hmm. you could put these on tables or give them out to guests or otherwise. I think it's a great idea to, to somehow make them aware and then give them easy access to. And these days, being able to quickly send a text message and get these things in response, I think is a brilliant way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd be, if you ever put this together as, as just, a, even just in a PDF or something like okay. that, I'd love to share that with our listeners because yeah. I think it's a really interesting workflow. I really appreciate you sharing with the podcast today too. I think this, this focus specifically on the wedding party, I mean, again, it's not a new idea that we're trying to create a good experience for clients and hopefully we get a referral to from shooting a wedding, whether it's during or after or otherwise but specifically focusing on converting the, the bridesmaids or the wedding party to clients and, and doing so in these very proactive ways. I think it's a, it's a wonderful approach to business and I appreciate you sharing with our listeners. Remind us again where we can find you online so our listeners can kind of follow what you're doing, see some of your work. Yes, absolutely. So my website is uh, Kiana Marie, Q-U-I-A-N-N-A, marie.com and you can find me at kiana marie photography as well perfect and we'll make sure of course to link to those in the show notes as well thank you again for doing the book of podcast today kiana thanks so much thanks so much for listening to the book of podcast today will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in itunes or maybe in the apple podcast app and i'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com.